the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Fellow redeemed, John the Baptist is one of the preeminent Advent preachers. He didn't announce the Lord's birth to lowly shepherds. Instead, he was the forerunner to Christ. He preached a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. He pointed to Jesus as the one who would bring that forgiveness by taking away the sin of the world. He prepared the way of the Lord by calling all to repentance. And no one was safe from his call to repentance. Pharisees and Sadducees, peasants and kings, you all preach repentance to them. John even spoke out against King Herod for his affair with Herodias, his brother's wife. And while John's head was eventually removed by King Herod, his voice continues to sound forth from the pages of Holy Scripture this day, even calling us to repentance. He continues to prepare the way for the Lord who will come again to judge the living and the dead. And so it is that John the Baptist is one of the preeminent Advent preachers, and yet John would have us not remember him, but only remember Jesus. It's as John says, Christ must increase and I must decrease. And we see this in the church this morning. The voice of John the Baptist, which is usually heard on the fourth Sunday in Advent, decreases so that Jesus may increase this day. So that we may begin to rejoice at the birth of the one who is the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Or to put it another way, the penitential season of Advent is beginning to decrease this day so that the joy of Christmas might increase. Now, where the gospel for tonight that you'll hear focuses on the actual birth of Jesus, his nativity, the gospel for this day places us somewhere up to nine months prior to this night. And it places before us not Mary, but Joseph. St. Matthew reveals to us that Joseph was a just man, or more literally, a righteous man. Joseph was justified, declared righteous by God through faith in the promised Messiah. Now, while Joseph was a physical descendant of King David, he was also a child of God, but by faith. St. Matthew also reveals to us that Joseph was betrothed to a woman named Mary. Now, betrothals have often been equated to our modern understanding of wedding engagements, and however, this isn't actually accurate. According to Jewish custom, the act of betrothal was the very first step in marriage. With two families having come to an agreement, the man and, his, and the woman were considered legally married. Legally, a husband and wife. Though like Mary and Joseph, they wouldn't live together or engage in sexual relationships with one another. 
And a couple's betrothal lasted roughly a year and would come to the end on their wedding day. Here the groom would dress up in his wedding garments and his friends would escort him to the house of his bride and the bride would come out to meet him with her friends and the whole group would process back to the groom's home where the marriage ceremony would be held and the joy would be full. So it is that we find Mary and Joseph during this betrothal period. They were legally husband and wife, and yet not completely, as they hadn't become one flesh. However, before they came together, Mary was found to be with child. And how Joseph found out about Mary's pregnancy, we don't know. Holy Scripture doesn't reveal it to us. It's possible that Mary told Joseph that she was pregnant and he didn't believe her, or that Joseph heard it from someone else. Ultimately, what we do know is that Mary's pregnancy had led Joseph to believe that she had been unfaithful to him. How else would she have become pregnant? If Joseph didn't have sexual relations with Mary, then she must have had sexual relations with another man. Human reasoning reveals that there could be no other possibility. Right? While the news of a pregnancy usually brings with a joy and celebration, news of Mary's pregnancy and her supposed unfaithfulness must have torn Joseph apart. He loved her, likely desired to live with her the rest of his life, and at the same time, he was a man of God. He sought to live his life according to the word of God. And there was no way that he was going to marry a woman who had been sexually immoral. And yet Joseph knew that the law of God called for a betrothed woman to be stoned to death if she was guilty of adultery. And so desiring for her to live, unwilling to put her to shame, Joseph resolved to divorce Mary quietly. On the surface, this seems like the kindest, the least destructive action possible under these circumstances. There was no threat of stoning, there was no public disgrace, and yet this plan would have left Mary and the child in a society where survival depended mostly entirely upon a husband and a father. On the surface, the option that Joseph had in his mind seemed to end all that he had hoped for in the least painful way, and yet on a deeper level, it's an option that would carry ongoing pain and suffering in its wake. Joseph appears to have made up his mind to divorce Mary, and yet you know how it goes once you have an important decision to make. Your mind continues to race. You wonder whether or not you're making the right decision. You play out various outcomes and possibilities in your mind. You know how it goes, right? And so Joseph continued to consider these things. 
And yet, as Joseph considered these things, God, however, had a different plan in mind. One that Joseph had thought about. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And with these words, the angel of the Lord reveals that Mary hadn't been unfaithful. Instead, God was being faithful to his promise to redeem us, the sinners. And through the womb of Joseph's betrothed, who was still a virgin, the Redeemer of the world was taking on human flesh and blood. And to the angel's words, Joseph didn't seem completely surprised. As a man of God, he would have known the prophecy the angel had spoken. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Joseph would have been looking forward in faith to the day that these words would be fulfilled. And now that day has come. Joseph heard this word of God from the mouth of the angel, and he believed it. Fellow redeemed, on this morning, consider how it is that you've come to believe and confess that God, desiring to save you from sin and from death, took on human flesh and blood, being conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. You've come to believe and confess this only through the word of God. For St. Paul writes, the natural person does not accept the things, the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Certainly God has given us our reason and our senses. and We can look at the world around us and perceive and learn from it. And yet human reasoning can never lead us to believe in those things we confess that we're by nature sinful and unclean, deserving of temporal and eternal punishment, that in order to save us from sin and death, God himself was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. Third day, he rose again from the dead, ascended into heaven sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. On account of the sinful flesh, we cannot, by our own reason or strength, believe in the basic tenets of the Christian faith. If you don't believe me, consider what the world is celebrating this night or tomorrow morning. Consider how they not only reject God and His Word, but they mock us for what we believe, teach, and confess. And yet, even in the face of sin and death, God in his mercy takes on human flesh and blood and comes into the sin-filled world to save us. As 
why the angel of the Lord told Joseph to name the child Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sin. And he would do so by keeping the law of God perfectly. By suffering the just punishment for our sin on the cross. God shows his love for us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And through his resurrection, he has in fact won the victory over sin and death and the devil. And through his word and sacrament, he bestows upon you all the gifts of his life and death and resurrection. Through his word and sacrament, the Holy Spirit enables you to believe and to confess that Jesus is your Lord, that Jesus is your Savior. He enables us to live and love toward God and love toward our neighbor and the various vocations that God has placed us. Turning back to our text, Joseph believed the word of God that was brought to him by the mouth of the angel. And we know this Because when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary as his wife, but knew her not until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Taking up the vocation of husband and father, Joseph would guard and protect and provide for Mary and Jesus. He would do this not only as they traveled to Bethlehem, not as only as they traveled to Egypt, into Nazareth, but he would do this throughout his entire life. And by taking Jesus as his own, Jesus, or Joseph, made the incarnate Son of God part of the David's line. The one who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, was not only the Son of God, but also the Son of David. And so it is on this day, as the season of Advent decreases and the season of Christmas increases, we rejoice and celebrate at the birth of Jesus, the one who has come to save us from our sins. In Him, we have received His forgiveness and life and salvation. In Him, we can rise and go forth from here seeking to be faithful to the Word of God and also to share this good news with others around us. And we live out this faith, not in our own self-chosen way, but like Joseph, we do this in the various vocations that God has placed us. May God grant this to you all For Christ's sake. Amen. Peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.